Good morning. Today, I am going to play with a couple different word pictures, but the first one that I want to play with is this idea of a coach and a team in the locker room at halftime. They're down. Maybe it's the championship. Maybe it's not. So I want you, I could have like pulled some really great footage from Rudy or Miracle or some of these great movies that stir us. The underdog is coming, right? Well, our scripture today, upon first reading, I didn't love. And so I sat in it and I asked the Lord, like, okay, tell me, I, this is your word. Help me love it. And I got this picture of the coach in the locker room encouraging his players. So I'm going to read it to you from a couple different versions. And I want you to have that mindset, okay? Peter is writing this to Christians who were using the word exile, who are marginalized, who have been pushed to the edges of culture. They've lost their voice um, and their influence in a way, and he's writing to them. They're scattered about. Uh, Tom talked last week about how they're probably in house churches, groups of, you know, up to 40 or so just together. So here we go. First Peter 1.13 through 2.3. So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, an energetic and blazing holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. You call out to God for help and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. Your life is a journey and you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end, empty headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it was only lately, at the end of the ages, become public knowledge, God always knew he was gonna do this for you. It's because of this sacrificed Messiah, whom God then raised from the dead and glorified, that you trust God, that you know you have a future, in God. The New Living Translation says it this way, because of this, your trust can be in God who raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. And it goes on to say, now your faith and hope can rest in him alone. Now you can have real love for everyone because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. So see to it that you really do love each other warmly with all your hearts. 
for you have a new life. It was not passed on from you from your parents, for the life they gave you will fade away. This new one will last forever. For it comes from Christ, God's ever-living message to men. Yes, our natural lives will fade as grass does, but when it becomes all brown and dry, our greatness is like a flower that droops and falls. But the word of the Lord will last forever, and his message is the good news that was preached to you. So get rid of your feelings of hatred. Don't just pretend to be good. Be done with dishonesty and jealousy and talking about what others behind their backs. Now that you realize how kind the Lord has been to you, put away evil, deception, envy, and fraud. Long to grow up into the fullness of your salvation. Cry for this as a baby cries for his milk. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God that he gives us these words of encouragement in our exile. Now, I've talked with some of you, and I know that this idea of being in exile isn't sitting great with everybody, me included. I really think that the Lord is inviting us into new paradigms of thinking, and that's not always easy. In fact, when stripped of power, exiles long to regain that power, not celebrate its loss. That's a natural feeling. And I feel like part of defining reality is to say that. It doesn't, we don't have to be happy about the place we find ourselves in. I hope by the end of today, you're going to change that thought to understand what a great position it actually puts us in. The thing that I appreciate about Peter's pep talk is the fact that he does talk about holiness and how we need to live holy lives, but he first reminds us of our hope. What this new paradigm tells us is our hope is not in the culture. It is not in politics, our hope is not in education, our hope is not even in the structure of church. Our hope is in Jesus. And the price that he paid for us was enough to spur us to holiness. And that change is what brings the kingdom. Another thing that I feel like I want to say is that exile is a doubt-producing experience. We experience doubt in times when we have lost power, when we feel like we have lost status. That's a natural feeling. We thought something and it didn't happen and that produces doubt. That's okay. Can I say that our faith produces lots of questions? There is a great mystery to all of this. And understanding that sometimes we doubt is okay. Finding ourselves in exile is not an easy place to be. But it is hope-filled. If I can have our, the first slide, I wanna look at this core values chart that we kind of are using as we move into this next um, ministry season. 
And I want to reiterate something that I think maybe we might be mistaking. While we have been exiled, I use that word kind of like this, okay? We still have great privilege. We still have great influence. There are ways for us to still operate in culture. However, as a Christian voice, we are being moved to the margins. And that's what we're saying. Even though that has happened in culture, I want to say something emphatically. We have not been exiled from God. This is not a separation from the power that exists overarching, every, overarching culture, right? So while we have been exiled, I'll say, from culture, we are not exiled from God. In fact, as we learn and dive deeper into our identity in him and increase our intimacy with him and we find belonging both with him and with others in the church, it actually perpetuates us out into this exile where we flourish. This idea of purpose sent with kingdom impact is is where this new paradigm comes. We have lived in a paradigm that said we're going to try and change culture and then hope that somehow that changes my heart and it changes the people around me. And we're saying, actually, this is all part of rooting ourselves in God, rooting ourselves in the truth of belonging and that it will actually push us into exile, which is a great place to be. Trust me, it is. I can see faces like, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's where I want to be. I don't actually know if that's where I think I am. It's a great place to be. Now, I said I was going to use a couple word pictures, so I'm going to move into this next one that I... I couldn't shake it this week. And it kind of stems from Tom's ideas of the four levels. And I'll try and quickly go there for those of you who haven't been with us um, as long. But Tom brought about this idea, this paradigm really, of thinking about things that happen both in Scripture and today in our experience. Things that happen on kind of four different levels. Kind of that first slide. We have... This core level, level one. And that is um, what happens in us individually. Then we have this level two community. That is what happens with us as we relate to one another, as we, um, our families, things like that. Next to level three is where things happen on a cultural level. And number four is this like great cosmic overarching place where things happen um, outside and including all of these things. So, next slide. We have these players. Um, and I feel like I want to, I could like have caveats all over the place as I'm working on this. So, I'm gonna ask for a giant umbrella of mercy as I'm walking through this and understand that there are things about this that I under, I'm not gonna dig super deeply into. I've simplified some things that are um, there. but So here are kind of the players in each of these levels, okay? 
In the cosmos, this is where Father, Son, Holy Spirit, where the kingdom power exists. He knows, sees, and that, that um, level, clearly, we believe, also drips down through all the other cultures. But for our purposes, we're gonna keep this level four idea. That's where that is. Number uh, level three is where things that are happening in our economy, our politics, our government, the media, those are level three things. These are things that um, when we were talking about the Church of Acts, right? We talked about level three being those things that were happening politically and um, the way that the, the church was splitting and moving and all that kind of stuff. Level three type stuff, okay? The next level two is where we, the church, the body of Christ, not our physical um, necessarily buildings, but us, where we exist together, our communities, our families, our neighbors. This is level two type stuff. And then at the core, level one, is what God is doing and what the story is being told on this individual level in our heart, mind, soul, strength, okay? So if we, next slide, if we think about this as like an ecosystem, okay? Here at the core, we have our roots, and there is where our hearts reside. Our, our roots then, next slide, have to be nourished by something. The reality is that we have access, direct access, to nourish our hearts and our spirits, to ground our roots deep in what God has for us. But the other reality that we live in is that we live in a culture who seeks to feed our roots. So the ways that we pay attention, the ways that we seek to influence economy, politics, government, and media are also watering our roots, affecting our hearts. Next slide. Often the things that are coming from that culture are things like fear, a seeking of status, feelings of loneliness, seeking after pleasure. These are the things that as the culture pours into our souls, they are the things that we try and grab after, that our roots try and grow from. And what grows from roots that are watered with things like fear and loneliness, loneliness and manipulation and a grab for power, next slide, are some weeds. Now we just planted some grass in our backyard and I will attest to the fact that weeds will grow with almost no help, okay? I can watch them growing, whether it's dry or whether it's wet, whether we fertilize or not, those weeds will grow. And if we passively let the things of the culture feed our hearts, the things that grow are the things that we watered it with. Fear, anxiety, grabs for power, grabs for status. Those things grow easily in our culture. Next slide. But when we hook 
into this direct pipeline that we have access to in God. When we down deep in our roots, accept the identity, the hope, the peace, the belonging, the grace and the love that he offers us, those roots grow deep. And you can see what grows from roots that water themselves with those things. Deep-rooted trees that bear fruit. But I will tell you that growing that tree takes intentionality. Whereas the weeds will grow, you must cultivate the roots of the tree. Next slide. We are talking about living in a post-Christian world. And I want to identify for you the fact that in Christendom that we are coming out of, what we attempted to do was to take that identity, hope, peace, and belonging and filter it into our culture and hope that somehow it would come through and we could just easily be watered and that those roots would somehow take root and it would grow. But the truth of the matter is, this level three culture, back in Eden, when we were given dominion, we handed it over to the enemy. And this level three culture belongs to him. He is the prince of this world. So no matter how much we try and force our moral and our religious influence into the culture, it will always be diluted and it will always be convoluted with the lies of the enemy. So as we continue to try to water ourselves with that, our roots can't sink deep. Next slide. What we are seeing in post-Christian exile is this blessing of stopping the flow to the culture and reattaching ourselves at our root level to the truth in Jesus. I want to remind you that this is actually the same thing that happened when Jesus came. So these people that Peter are writing to they were waiting for a Messiah to come and influence level three. They were coming, they were hoping he was gonna come and crash all the systems and establish this thing where they would have power, where they would have influence, where they could decide this theocracy. And when Jesus came, he stopped that up. And do you know what he told them? The two greatest commandments were Level one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Level two, love your neighbor as yourself. And he chose 12 guys in level two, and he changed the world. Well, history as it does has a tendency to repeat itself. We find ourselves again at this place where we're being reset 
We've tried this level three infiltration. That's not the plan. If I bring you back into that locker room and I give you this pep talk, this is my whiteboard full of X's and O's. The old play doesn't work anymore, guys. We're changing it. We're going back to the basics. Love God. Love each other. And bring the kingdom. Next slide. What happens when we do that? Our roots grow stronger. The trees grow bigger. And those weeds have a harder time growing. Next slide. This is where our influence has the greatest impact. We influence on level two with our neighbors, with our families, with our coworkers. We love each other well, just like Paul or Peter was encouraging them so deeply, love each other, love each other so well. And the other thing that happens here, as we have connected deeply with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we remember the sacrifice that was paid for us. And it spurs us into the mission of bringing the kingdom. It spurs us to holiness of a new kind or holiness from a new place. Instead of seeking holiness in order to earn something, our holiness comes as a response to knowing how deeply we are loved and what a price was paid for us. And that kind of holiness, accepting that kind of grace and then extending it, next slide please, is what increases fruit and decreases those seeds. Next slide. Oh, you can't really see that. Holiness and grace. Next slide. This is flourishing in exile. The goal team The goal is not to rule and reign in this world. When we pray, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the Lord's will is not for us to rule and reign here on this kind of earth. That's why Peter's encouraged them, remember, remember your salvation. Look past all of this and remember something new is coming where we will rule and reign. That's definite. We win. Team, we win. We just have to go out there and play the game right. And we haven't been. The old play doesn't work. And we're going back to the basics.
in part, the will of God on earth is that Jesus would get his full inheritance. That is, that every soul that Jesus died for would experience his life and freedom and would experience the joy, the belonging, the love, the peace, the hope that comes when we connect to that source. That is his will on this earth. Not that we would rule and reign in this culture, but that souls, people, level two, level one would experience deeply his love. And maybe some of you today are wondering, how do I get, how do I hook up to that pipeline? I can't even think about influencing culture right now. I need it for me. The hope of Jesus is for you too. This works for you too. You're tired of these shallow roots that have no system, that leave you empty, leave you full of anxiety and fear. The hope of Jesus is that there is a pipeline full of love and grace and peace and you can tap into it. Your roots can grow deep. For those of you that know that deep root system, who have grown up into strong trees, you're our first string players. We've got a mission. If you go back to that core values thing, our purpose is to bring the kingdom. When we have rooted ourselves in the truth of God, the freedom that we know he brings, the healing that we have experienced, we cannot help but be sent out on mission to help Jesus get his full inheritance. Because like Peter said, God did not pay a small price for us. Remember that. Remember that when you're watching the stock market. Remember that when you're watching the news. Remember that when you feel like everything's going you know where in a handbasket. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. We win. God sent his son a steep price for you and for many others. And when we are rooted in that, we go out. We take the fruit that grows from being rooted in hope and peace and belonging and grace and love. And guess what happens when that's what's cultivated in your roots? That's what goes out as your fruit too. Guess what a world who is full of fear and anxiety, who's grabbing for power, and pleasure at every turn. Guess what they actually want? Peace, belonging, a little grace, love. They don't need us to impose things on them from this level three power. 
hoping that maybe they catch it in the soil somewhere. I'm going to end reading sort of our theme verse from this series in Jeremiah 29. Team. This is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says to all the exiles I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses. Live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to men in marriage so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, do not decrease. Seek the welfare of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for when it has prosperity, you will prosper. The bottom line is, when we get things in the right order, culture will be impacted. And the truth is that God is involved in all these levels. He's not absent or disinterested in any of it. His reign falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. But friends, our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is not in politics. Our hope is not in the economy. Our hope is not in legislation. Our hope is not in the media giving the right messages. Our one true and only hope is in the message of Jesus that we carry. Would you join us as we worship and remember that sacrifice.